Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Bullyproof. I am Marilise de Villiers, your host. I'm the founder and CEO of Roar Coaching and Consulting. Here at Roar, we are passionate about people living successful, fulfilled and healthy lives. In today's episode, we are going to look at what it takes to become a liberated leader. So liberating leadership is a proven method that is taught to leaders and practitioners worldwide. I am a practitioner myself and I have the actual founder of the Liberating Leadership Accrediting Body with me today, Ali Stewart, and one of her colleagues, Kate Turner. I'll tell you more about them in a moment. But before I do, I want you to think about yourself as a leader. We are all leaders. There is someone in your life that you are responsible for, someone who is looking up to you. And let's face it, you are responsible for yourself. So leading yourself first and foremost. So I want you to embrace today's conversation from the perspective of I am a leader and I have the potential to be a liberated leader. We're also going to dive deeper into courageous conversations. So what it takes to speak your truth, having the courage to speak your truth. This is what the raw blueprint that I developed is all about. So living your life on purpose, in your power, and with the courage to speak your truth, to roar. So very excited to have Ali and Kate with me today. Let me tell you a little bit more about both of them. Ali is the founder of Ali Stewart & Co. She's an executive leadership coach, mentor, and best-selling author. She founded the Accrediting Bodies for Liberating Leadership and Pioneering Professional, both are best-selling books that she authored as well. She's on a mission to challenge and support leaders to make developing their people their number one priority. Kate Turner is the founder and CEO of Motivational Leadership. She's a coach, best-selling author, speaker and organization development consultant. Her difference is one of motivation. She regularly partners with organizations to help shape their people strategy through the lens of motivation. So enabling people to better understand what drives them and encouraging them to take personal responsibility for and ultimately increase their own levels of motivation, engagement and performance. We live in a constantly connected world. Yet people have never felt more disconnected. You're listening to Bullyproof, a podcast to shine a spotlight on workplace bullying, today's silent epidemic. Research indicates that 75% of workers will either be a target, witness bullying, or both. Each episode will explore how targets can bullyproof themselves and how leaders and HR can bullyproof their organizations. It's time to find your roar. Now, here's your host, Marilise de Villiers. Hello, Ali and Kate. I'm so delighted to have you with me today. Hello. <laughs> 
Right. So um, I'm going to jump straight in. Um, so here at Roar, uh, we are passionate about people living successful, fulfilled and healthy lives. So it's really it's about making your whole life work. Um, and um, I always say that it starts with clarity on your unique purpose. So your unique gift to the world. So I'm going to start by asking each of you, what is your purpose? Uh, your unique gift. So Ali, I'm going to come to you first. Thank you, Marilise. It's lovely to be here with you and Kate. Um, my whole purpose, my whole driving purpose is to help every leader on the planet make developing people their number one priority. And I'm not going to sleep until every leader has got that. Amazing, amazing. And I have to say, you embody that, you know, as one of your students. Um, um, so just for the benefit of the, the people watching and listening, Ali um, has been a mentor to me at least for the last three years. Um, I've done her Liberating Leadership um, course, which is just amazing. So I'm a, a practitioner, one of her practitioners. Um, and she also very kindly wrote the foreword for my book, Roar, How to Tame the Body Inside and Out. And it's the most beautiful foreword. So thank you, Ali. You, you are so kind and you're one of the most generous souls on this planet. So really, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Marilise. <laughs> Hello, Kate. Hello, Kate. <laughs> Hello. So lovely to be here. And what a great question to start us off with. Absolutely. So purpose. Um, it's interesting, actually, the way you, you've asked the question, because you said purpose and gift. And I sort of slightly separate those two, but they have to be joined, don't they? They have to have some, some linkage between the two. So in terms of purpose, um, that big why, I guess, for me, um, and having been around um, this for, for some time, it really is around shifting the paradigm of motivation and leadership in the workplace. So for me, we've got it wrong when it comes to motivation. We're, we're too used to digging deep and pushing through. So we need to be able to harness, create our motivation. And leadership, well, there's quite a lot of bad examples of leadership around us right now. And we, we know that some of that leadership model is broken. So how can we make that leadership model work for us? So um, also a student of Ali um, in, in terms of, you know, liberating leadership and absolutely understanding that it is all of us embracing our leadership that's going to make the difference to this planet. We can't just lead it to positional leaders. All of us are leaders. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That is so, so uh, profound. I think it's, um, you know, the, the motivational aspect and we'll, we'll dive in, in a little bit deeper into terms of what motivate people. I think that's really quite um, a, a key question and a key part of the, of the whole liberating leadership approach. But I'm going to come back to Ali because I want us to just uh, position for people what is liberating leadership. So Ali, you mentioned developer, developing people. Um, I think we have a bit of a clue there. So why don't you just um, tell us in a nutshell, what is liberating leadership? So Marilise, as you rightly say, the equal part of the leadership role is developing people. So we call them throughout the book and the training leader developers, because so often leaders forget they are so task focused they forget about that aspect of developing their people. And they almost just wish if people could just do what I do and crack on, um, the world would be a better place. But of course, people are all motivated by different things and they just don't quite a lot of the time. 
So liberating leadership provides the track for leaders to run on. It's the skills, the rigorous skills they should have learned when they were at school but didn't because we measure as a society knowledge and direct skills, not this kind of stuff, not how to lead the best in others. So rather than leaders going off and just learning, you know, picking up management models here and there, liberating leadership brings it all together into a beautifully engineered process. So there's a track for leaders to run on. And that makes it really profound. Yeah, and um, just to tell people about that, that track, just give us a really quick overview of those, uh, those sort of four phases um, on, on that track, if, if you don't mind. So the four phases, Marilise, we call visioning, mobilising, developing and enabling. And this is a four-step process and many management gurus over time have talked about a four-step process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you call it as long as you do the process. And most leaders, because of their personality style or motivation, just do one or two parts of the process. They don't do the whole process rigorously. So, And that has to be set in the mindset of high challenge, high support. It's no good doing the process if you don't have the right mindset. Absolutely. And I think that that for me really uh, resonates with my work as well, because I I, I'm very clear for me that it starts with your psychology, you know, 80% psychology, 20% mechanics. I think Tony Robbins says that a lot. <laughs> so I think it's that sort of let's let's focus on our mindset as a leader. So what would you say is the overriding mindset that any leader needs when when it comes to showing up as the best version of me as a liberated leader? Well, it is high challenge, high support. That is the mindset. And we know that too much support is far too comfortable for people. They're not pushed to be the best they can be. Mm -hmm. Too much challenge and it's far too stressful. There's typically high staff turnover and possibly toxic culture going on. If you have low challenge and low support, which is where leaders often find themselves, especially in times of great change like we're going through, when you're not sure what's going to happen, they can fall into that place and that's really unhealthy, low challenge and low support. Can you imagine? You're not getting any feedback and nobody cares anyway. So this sweet spot of high challenge and high support in powerful and equal combination is where you get commitment and consistent high achievement and development. It's intensely difficult, though, for leaders to get that balance. So we have all sorts of stuff underpinning that. Yeah, no, there is so much underlying this and we're not going to be able to cover everything in 30 minutes today. Um, But thank you, Ali. That was such a beautiful summary and high level summary. So high challenge, high support. Absolutely love that model and, uh, you know, use it a lot as well with with my clients because it is typically what I see is the high challenge, low support when you have very fast paced environments, quick change, and people are just really expected to perform, perform, perform. And there's that sort of burnout that you see as a result of that. And as you you sort of said, typically, um, you know, represented by some sort of toxic behaviors and environments as a result, as a result of that. So thank you for that. Uh, Kate, I love your book, 
creates motivation, unlock the leader within. So you've alluded to the whole um, importance of motivation. Talk to us about it. Tell us about motivation and your passion around that. Yeah, thank you. I guess for me, having worked around leadership for a long time, what I was seeing was that burnout. It was people, people I really respected, people I thought, wow, look at what they're achieving. It's incredible. But when you got to know them, as you do through a coaching environment or, or you know, on, on the, the, the leadership development courses that we run, I was noticing that actually they were digging deep. They were pushing through to get those results. They were thinking, right, if I can just get through this week, I'll catch up with whatever I need to at the weekend, including sleep. Um, And then the weekend comes and they don't have time to do that. And then you get into the next week and we get into this this, um, very difficult situation that we think we can maintain, but we can't. Of delivering at a level, well, bluntly, it's just not sustainable, and that's what drove me to write the book. And 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 for me, what was missing wasn't the uh, the lack of clarity on the outcome. People know what needs to be delivered; they know what needs to be delivered. Ultimately, we can get better at articulating that through an organisation, but clearly, you know, we know what direction of travel to go in, and we got really good over the last ten years, fifteen years through models like Insights and Myers-Briggs to get clarity over behaviours and how we show up. And, you know, through the likes of of liberating leadership, really clear on the competencies that we need as leaders. So the how piece of that, how do we achieve those outcomes? We, we, We kind of know what we should be doing. We got some ideas about how to do that. But what's missing is the motivation. What was missing was the why bother? Because unless we're able to tap into, well, why do I want to go in that direction? Why is that outcome so important for me? We're not going to do it. Or if we're not going to understand why we're developing different skill sets, why we're checking in on our own behaviours to bring about more healthy ways of working, to actually start saying no to people rather than continually saying yes and then working out why we've got too, too much work to do. Unless we understand our motivation, literally our motive for doing things, then what we'll end up doing is actually getting outcomes and delivering behaviours that aren't helpful, they aren't sustainable, they start to wear us out. And so that energy tank starts to be depleted rather than be one that's like a little solar panel that is one that can be completely replenished every time that you work. So that's behind my thinking behind the book. And that's my absolute passion around motivation and how not only can we harness it, but we can actually create it as well. And, and I love that. I mean, one of my mentors always say you, you have to trust in your ability to figure things out. Um, but but we have, as you say, we have the how in, in leaps and bounds. But before the how comes the what and the why. And I think you beautifully just um, kind of summarized, summarized that and reinforced that. Um, because we're so quick to jump to the how. And I think that's also why liberating leadership and the four-step process, um, the track works so well, because it really pulls you back to the visioning and the mobilization, which comes before the how. The how is really um, much later on. So I absolutely love that. Um, It's interesting you say about the the resilience. I mean, I've heard resilience and it's a theme that's coming through very, very strongly. It's also a theme that's coming through very strongly in my upcoming TED talk. Um, and where I really say that 
you know, um, we cannot run on empty. Um, we have to prioritize ourselves on our list of priorities. And what I mean with that is our, our minds and our bodies, you know, our mental and our physical health. Um, it's so important and it's not, an, a luck, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Um, so when you work with leaders, what is the sort of approach around self-care and, and really standing in your strength and, and building that strength, you know, the, the resilience muscle as we call it? Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good question. So I think there's a couple of things that I would say. First of all, understanding what motivates you is absolutely key and getting the language around that so that we can distinguish between three elements, our wants that really drive us, that really you know, get us excited about our, what we're doing at work. That's our wants. We then have a whole area of needs. These needs are things that when they're unmet, start to cause problems, a bit of a wobble, if you like. And those needs can be things around security or they might even be around your purpose. Everybody's different. There's no right or wrong. We just are what we are. And then underneath that, we have the basic needs. Literally, you know, how much light, how much water, how much movement you personally need in your working day to function. And what we see is that those basic needs aren't attended to regularly enough when you're put under under pressure because you think oh that's okay I've got enough energy in the tank we'll just make it there but you don't so actually over the last year or so what we found is that we need to be talking to you know really quite senior leaders about their basic needs then their other needs before we can get to the real piece which is where you're able to show up in your gifts and your purpose like you were talking about earlier so that's one piece But what that links into is the whole CREATE acronym. So CREATE, um, current reality, the first piece of that, I'll just talk about that bit. You were saying about standing in your strength. What we're finding is that leaders, people in general, don't stand in the version of who they are today. What they do when they're about to embark on something like liberating leadership so often is that they think about kind of what they've known about themselves over the years. And they think that's who they're bringing into that that program. What we encourage them to do before they're even starting on that visioning step is to embrace their current reality. What are you delivering? How are you showing up? What are your gifts right now? And what's driving you right now? Because when you stand in your strength of today, who you are today, what's you know what what have you been able to um, really grow into for today? From that vantage point so many new possibilities are visible to you. Whereas if you go to your old version of yourself, somehow they're elusive to you. So that's what I encourage people to do. And, and it's incredibly hard, you know, to, to hold the mirror up, to, to get really brutally honest with yourself. So people coming into your program, and maybe this is a question for both you and Ali, um, around sort of how how successful are people initially at holding up that mirror? Do you get lots of resistance? And I mean, I guess it, I guess it depends and it differs so much from, from individual to individual, but give us a bit of a flavor for how people initially react typically to that sort of realization, that honesty conversation. My, my thinking is, um, I think that um, when it comes to motivation, it's fairly invisible. You can't see it. It's an emotion. So sometimes you do need, and we advocate using some tools to bring that into the into being visible. So actually, tools like motivational maps can help you with that. Insights on the behaviour side. So actually, 
some of yeah there might be some resistance to people being able to see themselves sometimes there's some blindness to, to people seeing themselves but using the appropriate tools in the appropriate way at the appropriate time starts that conversation and what both of those tools do is it gives you a common language it's a great place to then be able to go out to people around you to understand well what's their perspective of how you show up and from that place you can then um start to bring into form maybe it might be a bit hazy that view in the mirror but you're starting to bring into form of who you are but it because you've got the language you know then which questions to ask and if you're going through um, a leadership development program then part of that is absolutely starting to think about where are you getting that feedback from how are you going to um, step into the version of who you want to be and who do I need on my journey to give me that honest feedback because you don't want to surround yourself with people who just say yes to you you want those people who are the most difficult to manage the most people who are most critical of of what you're doing because they can help you pull out some of those blind spots because that's where sometimes our real growth happens. Super, Kate. Yeah, super. And what I would say in response to you, Marilise, in terms of people holding up the mirror for the first time, sometimes for people it's extremely confronting. Sometimes they don't like what they see and either dismiss it or need to find a way to work with it. And that's coaching. That is pure coaching. Other times people feel such a great sense of relief. Ah, this is me. Now I get me. And now I know who I am because it says it here. And this is actually me. And it's it's very exciting for them. But certainly that is the starting point of every leader's journey. Who are you first? That's what Kate was talking about with current reality. Who are you? Where are you? Mm -hmm. But at the start of every leadership program with a group of leaders, I ask the question, are you willing to change? We can't go through this program unless you're prepared for change because it will change you. You can't not unknow the things you're going to hear. So it needs a degree of uh, maturity and responsibility and resilience to be able to go through this. Yeah. And and I love that because I think, you know, I, I'm always, um, I always say that you've got to take extreme ownership for your own life, um, regardless of what happens to you. Um, I've just read this beautiful book. It's a, a new book out that's by Dr. Bruce Perry, and it was co- co-written by Oprah Winfrey. And the, the book's title is actually What Happened to You? And the whole time you were talking, I was like, it's, it's all about asking better questions, Um, Kate you've said some beautiful questions and Ali you've um, added some beautiful questions as well and I'm like we have to ask better questions and the whole essence of this book is it is about how childhood trauma affects your brain and affects your resilience um, later in life and if you if you are prepared to do the work how you eventually develop trauma wisdom as they call it I love that Um, but the whole essence of that is we, we often ask the wrong question. You know, we say, what's wrong with them if they play up, if they behave, behave badly? But instead, we should be asking, what happened to you? Yeah. So I just I thought that was really beautiful. And it, it's, it's interesting, actually. I, I was listening to that um, interview the other day and um, 
it really sits nicely with the high challenge, high support, because yeah. one of the principles that underpins it about um, yeah. positive regard, it's that sort of really being able to see through to the human and to be able to be curious. I mean, I've, I've got this phrase, which is let's replace judgment with curiosity, yeah. because it's so easy to judge when the team just aren't delivering or somebody said something. And why did they say that? But actually, if you if you replace that with curiosity and want to understand um, kind of what's happening for them, for them to be responding in that way, what's what's behind that? For me, that's their motive. Mm-hmm. Uh wow how powerful is that and that for me is where the leadership is changing to move it from a place of power over do these things to power with how can you enable people to have greater power within themselves so they can fully show up that for me is where leadership is changing and that's the exciting thing and it is you're quite right it's through asking better questions yeah absolutely uh, you mentioned positive regard can you say more Oh, I think Ali should answer yeah, that. I, I was thinking, <laughs> Ali, because this is your baby. So tell us about positive regard. I can't own it. Positive regard and its corresponding genuineness comes from good counselling theory. And leaders need this balance. It goes with high challenge, high support. Positive regard is much more towards support. I value you as an individual. All I need to comment as a leader is your behavior right now. So, you know, I've got three children. I would typically say to them, I love you. I will love you to the end of time. I don't care what you do. We do just need to address your behavior right now. You know, you as a person, you're intact. It's just actually what you're physically doing in this moment. So for leaders to get that kind of unconditional love, for their people, because their their only competitive advantage is their people. I have many challenging conversations with senior leadership teams about this. But actually, could somebody else deliver your service, what you do? Yes, they can and they do. So it's your people. So talk to your people, be with your people, love your people. Also, genuineness tell them frankly about their behavior in the moment but not in front of a whole load of people you pick your moments so you're genuinely giving them feedback so that they can progress every day yes and 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 i would just want to add to that the the importance of positive regard for yourself too so it's it it comes from that it it probably starts with that and and it's that sort of i'm okay you're okay mindset which again fits beautifully with the high challenge high support because it is i have to have positive regard compassion for myself um, first and foremost before I can show compassion for for others yeah the okay corral is such a powerful guide for leaders it's just that check-in with yourself in any communication especially if you're having a tricky conversation how am I feeling am I grounded and self-assured or am I not am I diminished in some way And by the way, what's my positive regard like for the other person? Is it right up there? They're a good, decent human being or are they not? Yes. And the only place to have any kind of conversation with people is when you're feeling I'm okay and you're okay. Because if you're feeling I'm okay and you're not, 
is going to come across as a little bit condescending and abrasive. If you're thinking, I'm not okay, but you are, how's that going to come across? You're going to be diminished. You're going to be unsure. You're not going to get your point across. If I'm not okay about me and not okay about you, we're going to have a really seriously bad conversation. So this 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 point of I'm okay, you're okay, the conversation is beautiful. And it makes me think yeah. about that um, whole, own, you said something earlier, Marilise, around um, absolutely taking responsibility for yourself. And that's, as you're saying, Ali, why it's such hard work, because we know either consciously or less consciously that we've been shaped by our history. And unless we're willing to own some of that, to understand how that's shaped our mindset and sometimes do the deep work, then actually we're not going to transform. And the whole point of leadership development, liberating leadership in particular, is around transformation. It is about being able to let go of some of those things that have held us back in the past, because in letting go of that for ourselves, we end up letting go of our constraints we place on other people. So it, it, it is deep work. You know, it sounds simple. High challenge, high support. Yeah, we can do that. But actually, it's not just a behavior. It is the mindset. As Ali said right from the start, it is the mindset that leads to behaviors. That's how you bring it into, into form, isn't it? So such important work to be done on all of ourselves. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is, I, I say this um, in my TED talk, actually, I say that unfortunately for many of us, um, the re- relationships with ourselves um, is the most toxic relationship that we'll ever be in. And it's really about that voice of self-doubt that basically lies to us and tells us that we are not good enough. And, and if we don't stop that little voice, um, you know, those lies become beliefs. And, you know, we start believing that's who we are. And, and I think that's really where a lot of the, as you say, the deep work, the, the, the preparedness to, to do the messy work, <laughs> to find the meaning in the mess uh, becomes so absolutely crucial. And I think liberating leadership provides that beautiful platform um, to do that in a safe sp- space with all the tools that, that you, you, you know you have available to you. I can't believe it's we already almost have been going for a half an hour. I really want to sort of wrap this up with some really practical takeaways for people, some really sort of top tips from the experts <laughs> um, in terms of and I, and I really would like to give it a bit of a, a focus on conversations um, because the conversation is so important. Ali, you've just mentioned that that sort of I'm okay, you're okay mindset is absolutely crucial in any conversation and to to really um have have a have, have a good you know conversation that's an outcomes based conversation and we can actually move forward and we can create win win outcomes and this is an area i'm really passionate about so if we focus on actually the conversation facing those difficult conversations what would you say in addition to all the good stuff you've already given us what would you say would be the top 3 things that people should really think about well, I could kick off with one. I'm not sure I can think of three stra- straight off, Marilise, but if you know you're going to have a difficult conversation, 
quite often where your mind goes is difficult, difficult, difficult. So it's getting your mind into a state where, you know, I am, what would a beautiful outcome to this conversation be? If I could have the best possible conversation, how would it be? So it's putting yourself into a future state Mm -hmm. where everything's fine. And then your conversation is going to go much better. So if I could have the best conversation in the world with this person right now, I must believe that that's possible. Because if you don't even believe that's possible, you're setting both of you up to fail. Yeah, absolutely. Over to you, Kate. Yeah, you're you're making me think of, of, of something there, which is around when you're in a difficult conversation, let's say with one other, let's make it easy, with one other, then it's around... Um, I always use the term signposting. It's sort of making it really clear where I am. This is where I am. This is how I'm seeing the world. This is how I'm seeing you. Um, This is how I'm seeing the problem, if you like. It's being open and honest about that and inviting the other to do the same. Now, you might not do all of your stuff first because it's feel one-sided, but that's what your intention is, is to completely unpack your perspective and enable and provide the environment for the other person to unpack their version of the world because nobody has truth nobody is able to see it perfectly because there is no truth because you've got humans involved like you said earlier it gets messy so therefore it is about being able to say well this is kind of how I'm seeing things and these are the assumptions that I've made or the presumptions and, and using um, language of insights, for example, you know, I'm, I'm seeing fire red energy or I'm seeing earth green energy, being able to use that language in play with another and make it something you talk to rather than talking at each other. In other words, not attacking the identity of the person, but talking about almost like a um, imagining that you're, you're uh, witnessing yourselves having conversations you know what I mean get a bit of distance between it because it's so interesting when you start unpacking that how you've both made assumptions and how you've both viewed it completely differently so I'd start there definitely and and I'll add the third one then (laughs) to complete the trio um so really uh, I think here for me it's also about and exactly what you said about standing in your strength, standing in your power, it's about holding on to that personal power, you know, to have those boundaries, um, to be really clear. And I think this is really linked to um, being assertive, right? So for me, this is about, you know, you have to be clear about your rights, but you also have to have respect for the rights of the other individual. So it kind of ties to what you were both saying. I just wanted to emphasize that whole standing in your power, holding on to your personal power. Um, it's so easy to, especially if someone that you, you're having the conversation with is in a position of power, to just sort of default to giving them the, the, them your power. And so hold on to your power, people. <laughs> so I think that brings us beautifully to a point where we can sort of, sort of wrap up. And uh, yeah, I just want to say to you both, um, I mean, I knew this was con- this conversation was going to be magic and it was magic. And just hearing you say it and, and summarize it in such beautiful ways. And yeah, I just love both your work and thank you for the amazing work that you do. Um, how can people get hold of you? So Ali, um, what, how can people reach out to you? 
Thank you, Marilise. And it's lovely talking with you both. I could go on all day. It's yes. just it's just <laughs> delightful. Um, very simply, alistewartandco.com on any channel. Just look for alistewartandco.com. Thank you. Thank you. For me, likewise, I could talk to you two for hours. Um, Motivationalleadership.co.uk. So if you look at motivationalleadership.co.uk, you'll find me. And I'm on LinkedIn as Kate Turner. You'll find me. And yeah, both have beautiful books, uh, Liberating Leadership. Um, You have two, you've got the red and the purple book. (laughs) Oh, and you've got Pioneering Professional Ali as well. The gold book, yeah. The gold book. So there are three, (laughs) Ali has authored three books. Um, They're all part of her amazing programs that she run. And I think, Kate, yours is Create Motivation, Unlock the Leader Within. So please check out their books as well. Amazing reads and you'll learn so much. Um, so, yeah, start there, perhaps. <laughs> so, and get everybody and, to roar, Marilise. Oh, yes, and everybody to roar, yeah. Throw roar into the mix. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so thank you so much. And I really appreciate, yeah, both of you so much. And Join us again next time for more essential insights and practical tips on the Bullyproof podcast. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show, as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with Marilise on social media or via her website, www.marilise-de-billiers.com. Don't forget to review and rate this show on iTunes. Thanks for listening.